Roger. Yeah, I think he's pulling the wrong one. I'm just, okay, I'm ready to pull it down now. There was still a little bit uh, left in the... Okay, don't hold it quite so tight. Okay. Yeah, what? Hi, welcome to the podcast. This is how it's going to start. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, everybody, welcome. Big congratulations. Thank you for being here. You found your way in to a very exclusive, unique, special drop and jack episode of Live to Tape, also known as the Executive Buffet, a.k.a. Daddy's Big Red Truck. The tools around the farmhouse leaving some big-ass ruts in the dust and the dirt and the mud and the grunge, okay? Today's episode features the highly hilarious and amazingly entertaining comedian Irene Two. If you want to hear more of Live to Tape, check us out on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash live to tape. That's patreon.com slash live to tape. Also, we're on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash just my nipples. That's twitch.tv slash just my nipples. Streaming Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday every week. If you haven't rated and reviewed and subscribed to the podcast yet, I don't know what's wrong with you, but you gotta do that. Okay, here we go. The beginning of the podcast is now over, and now it's the second beginning. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. We're actually going to see you right now because it's not stopping. It's still going. So uh, you're going to hear and see at the same time starting at this. what's well, retroactive, actually, okay? Thank you. Great. Good. But my mom just started gardening recently because Good. there's nothing to do and yeah. she's retired now. And she loves it, but it's just that you have to do so many things. You also get like sucked into it where you forget that you're sweating your balls off <laughs> and you're like, oh my fucking God, I'm exhausted right now. Yeah, you and have I... to like water all the plants before the sun rises. Yeah, too. that's the other thing too is waking up early. I'm not very good at that. Yeah, me neither. So, but I try to do it and sometimes I just can't. Make the, make it up in time enough to water them. So wa- water them at night, and like the schedule goes off and stuff. Mm-hmm. Where does your mom live? She lives um in the Bay, Bay Area. That's where you grew up, right? No, people always think I'm from there. I guess I it, think it's because I, mean, I did stand up there for yeah. a really long time. No, I'm from Chicago. Chicago. So you grew up in Chicago? Uh huh. That's crazy. Suburbs. Yeah. We're I have in the to suburbs. clarify because people are like, "Oh, you're from the city." No, I'm not. There's very few people from the city of Chicago, I feel like. Yeah, every time I'm like, I'm from Chicago, and then someone else is like, oh, I'm also from Chicago, and then we both realize we're from, like... Schaumburg? Yeah. <laughs> Downers Grove? Yeah, actually, near Downers Grove. Really? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Aurora? That's the only one I know from, from Wayne's World, right, is Aurora. I actually never watched Wayne's World. You haven't? No, I haven't okay. seen almost any of the movies that were shot in or near Chicago. Got it. I only recently watched uh, Ferris Bueller's right. Day Off. Yeah. That's a big one, right, for that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that was in the city, I guess. Yeah. Or they you. shot some of it at... Um, I think so. I can't remember exactly. Wrigley Field? I mean, it's all over the place, right? Isn't some of it the suburbs or no? Yeah. I haven't watched it in so long. I just remember they were, like, downtown at one point because he's, like, 
you know, having his day off. I feel like Chicago, people who grew up in downtown, like the city of Chicago, you just stay there. You're stuck. You can't get out. I mean, it's such a great city, though. Like, I would live there if I didn't have hopes and dreams. (laughs) I actually tried really hard to move there out of college. Really? My dream was to live in Chicago and to take improv at Second City. Yeah. For real? Uh, Same thing? I took um, some classes at Second City and um, I.O. In Chicago? In Chicago. That's Um, the old school shit. mm -hmm. So you probably had teachers who worked with Del Close. And stuff. Um, right? probably. I was so young because I started like toward the end of high school and okay. then beginning of college that I truly can't remember who taught me. Right. I don't remember what the lessons were besides yes and a lot of burnouts though. A lot of like people who were acid casualties. Yeah, I have. I, I my whole memory of that is just so fuzzy. Where yeah. I'm like, I remembered that we did some improv. Right. I was at the theater. I saw a lot of shows. Could not tell you anything else. <laughs> were you doing a lot of drugs back then? No, I've never done drugs. Really? Yeah. You're totally sober. Totally sober. But my memory's so bad where it's it's like you must smoke weed five hours a day. That's interesting. So how did you avoid all that stuff, you think? What, drugs? Yeah. Oh, I've always been such an anxious person. Really? Where I'm convinced if I, like, sniffed, like, anything, anything, I would just die. Okay. You know? Not you never thought about it as something that would uh, alleviate your anxiety is the opposite of uh... no I think I'm like one of those people where if I took like cocaine or whatever I would just get like even more manic yeah you know it definitely happens a lot of people I think with with with, a lot of times with weed that's the case is people think yeah with weed too because like you know some people like like, calms them down I don't think it would I would get more paranoid for me it does not calm me down I'm not a big weed person. For that reason, I just I can never understand how people can be so, yeah, it mellows them out so much. It's the opposite. I feel like I'm like, okay, it's time to clean now. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. And I'm I'm already doing that all day long, where I'm like, I gotta do this, and then yeah. I gotta do that, and then you want me to smoke weed on top of it. So you moved to the Bay Area with your family, or you moved off on your own? No, I moved on my own because I was trying to get away from my family. Yeah. Not that okay. I don't like them, just because you know you're like I I'm an adult now. I want to do my own thing. You got to get away from them. Yeah. So I left. I went to Berkeley, um, so that's why I moved. Right. And I just liked being great school. Bay. Thank you. You great. know, I again couldn't tell you what I learned in school. <laughs> um, <laughs> I checked out because I was like, I want to do comedy. Yeah. And I didn't really care anymore. So when like, did you know you wanted to do comedy? Um, in Berkeley. I think. I mean, I had been doing it okay. the whole time, but I don't think I knew that I wanted to do that as a career until like I was about to graduate. And I was like, I don't want to have a job, mm-hmm. <laughs> a real job. Yeah. So the whole time we were like studying stuff in school, everyone's like, oh, I want to do this. And that's why I'm taking these classes. I'm like, what classes do I need to take to like get this piece of paper that said I graduated the fastest? So you just took all, like, the bullshit stuff, like, everything you needed to take, all the requirements? Yeah, I mean, because I actually was a transfer student, so I went to Northwestern for two years, and then I went to Berkeley after. great school. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the school I wanted to go to, <laughs> by the way. I wanted to go to Stanford, but really? they did not take me. Yeah. Why did you want to go to Stanford? Uh, when I was in high school, we visited a bunch of colleges. That's in Northern California, right? Yeah, Stanford? yeah, that's okay. also in the Bay. Yeah. Um, I visited a bunch of colleges to see where I want to go, and I always thought I was like going to go to Harvard or like some Ivy League school. But every college I visited, I didn't really like or vibe with, mm-hmm. except for Stanford. That was the one school where I was like, oh my God, I love California and yeah. like all the trees and everyone seems cool here. 
Um, so that was like set. I was like, I want to go to Stanford. And then they didn't take me. And I didn't get into actually any of the Ivy League schools I applied to. Damn. So then I was like, I guess I have to go to Northwestern. <laughs> that was what the choice was. Not so bad. I mean, I applied to tons of colleges that I did not get into, but I was like, looking back on it, I had no business applying to most of those schools. Yeah. They saw me like, oh, you have a 2.6 GPA. What do you think <laughs> you're doing? Like, Thank you for the money for your application fees. Yeah, like yeah, free yeah. For Do you remember when the application fees are like $100 yeah. or something? It was crazy. The best thing, too, now is all these colleges that are charging like – you know, Harvard costs what forty grand a semester, something crazy. Something probably insane, yeah. And they still charge that for online learning. That's the funniest that is part is that people are still going to Harvard, but you're taking like Zoom classes. It's a grift. It's like a hundred percent, totally the world's most effective grift there ever was. It's genius. I yeah. wish I had done that. Because it's not for the best way to be to do it would be if you got accepted to one of those schools, you could find a way to allow them to split the tuition, like give it back to you. Because mm-hmm. basically it's like a lot of times it's the parents that want the kid to go to the nice school. Of course, yeah. So they can put the bumper sticker on their fucking Mercedes and like <laughs> tell people about it. It's really just for bragging rights. Yeah, bragging rights. So if you can find a way to and basically embezzle from the school that they give you some of the money that you that they're getting from your parents – it's some sort of like a, I don't know, like, oh, like a two-handed Oh, so your grift. parents pay the tuition, but then you get half of it back from the school? Yeah, almost like a commission. You get commission. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think students should get commission. If you're paying full price for tuition, as a student, you should get an unlisted 15% commission it's from like the school. It's like a kickback. Yeah, a kickback. <laughs> it makes sense. They make so much fucking money. You might as well like give some of the people who are the reason you're there. Because it doesn't cost that much money to educate someone. It's no. insane. I, I just like imagining that now you're getting kickbacks and then yeah. the school's like sending you free swag and you're right. like, you got to wear this Harvard sweatshirt around everywhere. You have to. You have to do this many posts about it to your yeah. parents. Do this many emails proving that you are going here. And, like, yeah, then you get one of those like wraparounds on your car. <laughs> just says like Harvard full, University. The full Harvard wrap. <laughs> Man, Harvard is such a joke, isn't it? I feel like now it's even more so. It's like this, it's like this weird thing I think a lot of people have, especially like, People like me who went to like a state school. Where where did you go? I went to Florida State. Okay. Yeah, because I got accepted. Hell yeah. But there's like stuff where you know, there's like that built-in sort of resentment to places like that. It's almost like you want them to fail. Like oh I no, for sure. Wants me like yeah, just fucking fail. Now, like if I hear that someone went to Harvard and then they didn't use their degree at all, it makes me feel good. Yeah. You know, I'm like okay. I'm it's not super a compl- common. Yeah, of course. There's so many people who went to Harvard and they are like. Yeah, I now I manage this uh, Denny's or something <laughs> like that. Or it's just sort of a weird thing where it took them like 20 years after their degree to actually do something. Yeah. Even though the whole thing, even though they spent like, you know, $200,000 on a degree. I just like wish they would have told us this stuff in high school, you know? Yeah. Because they're like, oh, college is important. Like, yeah, but it's not that important. I feel like it's the longer I get out of it, the more I feel like. I wish there was someone who would go around and say, hey, you don't have to go to college. You just think you do. That's true. Mm-hmm. It's or so like, unnecessary. I feel like you learn more being in college from like people you meet and stuff yeah. and not in classes. I Definitely. couldn't tell you a single thing I learned in a class. You know, I think I've learned almost nothing in most of my classes, but I definitely did meet a bunch of people who came in handy later in terms of like, oh, this person knows this thing or can hook me up with that sort of mm-hmm. thing. It's never, it was never anything that had to do with the, the classes at all. 
I feel like. So we just have to start like a college that has no classes, but cool people to meet. Basically like a Burning Man type situation, <laughs> essentially. Like, like a Burning Man, the higher education version of Burning Man. You go there once a week and you like party. Maybe there's a bunch of tents that have different themes and stuff. That's you go so around and funny. talk to people. That might work. Honestly, I feel like that would work. Yeah. Be a lot of charlatans though, probably. Yeah. Because like someone's like, "Oh, I should go to this to network." Yeah. And really end up buying a bunch of raw honey. <laughs> <laughs> just like a farmer's market. Was that like a shock to you when you moved to California? Just how how crunchy everything was? Or was um, that like? Wha- did you grow yeah, up that Yeah, you way? know the Bay is pretty crunchy. Yeah. But I'm also that type of person where I don't think I even know how crunchy it could be. Really? You mean like you're sheltered from the crunch? Yeah. Like, I know some people that are crunchy. Yeah. From going to Berkeley. But, like, I didn't live in the co-ops. Like, that's where the right. real... The real crispiness. Yeah, happens. the real <laughs> granola <laughs> people yeah. are, you know? Um, so sometimes I'll meet people, I'm like, yo, that's what that lifestyle is. Yeah. But I'm just so boring where I end up meeting people that are also kind of boring. So you like being boring? Yeah, I mean, I, c- I wish I wasn't, but I feel like... I've settled into it. Well, because you don't, you don't drink or uh, do drugs. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. Someone said that's inherently boring. But someone also said the opposite, that it's, that it's like a, it's interesting because it's so easy to think you're interesting because you do drugs. I guess that's one way of looking at it. Um, I just feel like that's never been part of my personality, and I didn't want to pretend to be somebody I wasn't. Right. You know, because I'm like, I'm, I know I'm not a drugs and alcohol person. Mm-hmm. So if I were doing it, it would just be me trying to prove to other people that I am that person, but right. I'm not. That's how I was with cigarettes in high school. Like that you were smoking them just because? Well, I wanted to smoke them, but I didn't like them, and I didn't really actually smoke them. It's like I wanted to be a person who wanted to sm- to like to smoke. Got it. So you would have smoked, like prop cigarettes? Basically, sometimes I would have a prop cigarette, yeah. <laughs> or I would take a drag from a friend's cigarette and I'd be like, whew, I'm good for a couple weeks. <laughs> thing, you know? Because it's just like, now I will smoke like once a week, maybe once a month. Yeah. Kind of thing. Or maybe sometimes I've gone like six months to a year without it. But I do, when I do do it, I do enjoy it. Yeah. But it's definitely that foundation of not smoking back then, I think allows me to do that thing which no one ever does, which is. Like quit cold turkey? Well, actually, moderately. Oh. Not even quit. I'm oh, not even just quitting. like not even like feel the like need yeah. to smoke. Yeah. Like actually somehow truly moderate an intake of uh, cigarettes or You're something. the only person I've ever heard say that you could do that. I know. It's kind of, it's pretty weird. Some people, I've met a few other people who do it. Some people do one a day, which some people okay. would say is. Like a vitamin? Yeah, like a vitamin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like a, I mean, I, you can kind of, I got to argue with my sister about this because I was claiming that, you know. She was telling me you shouldn't smoke. I'm like, yeah, I don't think you should smoke either. But also, if I get a little bit of relaxation out of it when I do, I think it counteracts the negative effects of it when I because d- I mm-hmm. do it so infrequently. Yeah, I mean, you don't really do it enough for it yeah. to really be like, oh, I have lung cancer now. But right now, saying on this podcast, an insurance agent could probably, you know, dig through all my stuff and figure out like oh we're canceling your insurance because you've admitted to smoking on the record yeah 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 <laughs> gonna have to like bleep that out later yeah i who knows what it meant because i said smoking and they're, they're gonna hear a beep like what the fuck is he talking about, <laughs> talking about what like, did he do buggeries like fucking animals or something like that that's so funny yeah 
but the other thing is like i feel like if you're like a, a huge partier you're so fun like people know you as like this fun cool yeah. person and i've always wanted to be that like i wanted to be like hey people love me and i'm fun because you know that's kind of why we do entertainment is to be loved yeah. by strangers totally i mean that's the whole reason right yeah i guess because right. um, we have other issues in our lives yeah for you sure know. everyone does you have to i mean there's no comedian i feel like the only comedians who do comedy and don't have issues are people who are um they feel like i'm trying to think how to say this it's something where they are so normal that they feel like that's the way to not be normal because they but that's also like a mental issue yeah right yeah that you are that's not normal to i guess it's not normal yeah, yeah. right there was some joke that I just watched the uh, Dan Soder special last night. Oh, I have to watch that. I haven't it's seen really it. It's really good. Yeah, it's yeah. great. He says something about, like, you know, I'm fucked up. Obviously, why would I be here? He says, if I, if I wasn't fucked up, I would just be the funniest guy working at a Kinko's. You know, yeah. <laughs> like the kind of thing where, why would you ever? It's so absurd to do comedy. It's like the most, if you think about it from like a, like a practical standpoint, it's absolutely. It doesn't make sense. If you were an alien watching humans, you'd be like, why are they doing this? Yeah. Does it make any sense? There's no, it makes no sense, especially now that the world is falling apart. Yeah. We're going to have no skills. Totally. Yeah, it's really weird to think about that because I would just think about that today about how you know, everything got pushed back. The Sony stuff has been pushed back. But it seems like even now the triple pushbacks are starting to be like, well, we're just not even going to reschedule at this point because yeah, it's like, you're, yeah, what's the there's point? no live shows. Yeah. yeah. Good luck. Like, when is that even going to happen? I don't know. And when it comes back, it's not going to be the same at all. Yeah, because people are going to be so, like, guarded about everything. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It seems really, uh, it's really dim to think about that. Yeah, but then what else are we supposed to do? You know? Like yeah. Because everything else, everything tangential to it is the same thing. Mm -hmm. Like Ren Faire's canceled, <laughs> you know. I like how the thing tangential <laughs> to stand-up comedy is Renaissance fair. Well, to me it is kind of because I like Ren Faire a lot, and I was just thinking of how last night and this morning how it's canceled. Like even the one in New York is canceled, which happens in September. I was like, oh maybe. I honestly didn't even know there were still Renaissance fairs. Oh my god, Irene, I've it never is like been. A, it is. You should go. Now I want to go. I didn't know that they existed. I think it's one of the, the most unadulterated, enjoyable things that exists. It's like you can't, you can't, um, Renaissance Fair is undefeatable. It'll always happen. There's something about it. It's like this pure, the purity of Renaissance Festival is unmatched. Do you dress up when you go? Yes. What do Not you dress severely. as? Um, Typically, my costume is what I refer to as a funky woodsman, <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of like some baggy, like, 70s weird pants. I'll wear, like, this uh, fake fur vest and, like, a like a shirt that's got, like, you know, that the lacing thing up the chest. Uh-huh, sure. Real basic. I got this shirt at, like, some thrift store and just did the whole lacing thing myself, like, bought some rawhide string and did that. And I have this weird... Weird fake fur hat too that looks oh like a Robin Hood hat. So I love it. Also a bunch of trinkets. You gotta have trinkets. You gotta have like you little have leather trinkets. pouches. That's the key. It's like a little deerskin pouch for like nine bucks. You buy that. It's actually not that hard to make a Renfair costume with like basic stuff as long as you have like muted colors and you have a couple of things that are that are the closure is string. 
As long as the closure is string. <laughs> as long as the closure. The closure is string. string. <laughs> you've got like a couple, a couple accoutrements, like a, like a thing swing, swaying from your belt, like a sash, <laughs> or like uh, if you have like a, a wooden mug, you can dress up normal clothes, add a wooden mug, add a weird hat, and add like a little pouch. You probably set yourself back maybe thirty-five bucks, and you've got a costume for every year, if you do it right. That is so funny. I think it's great too because also if you costume up, you become invisible to the people who are like the super costume people because they love fucking with normies. If you come, oh, I was like, I wouldn't go yeah. to a Ren fair like just as is. There's no way. Well, so a lot of people are the opposite. A lot of people will never go to. They never dress up because they're so embarrassed to dress up. I feel like you would stick out though. You do. You do yeah. stick out. People are like, oh, this is your decor here. Like people like fuck with you and say all kinds of weird shit. Look at the man here coming down the lane, thinking he owns everybody here. The king doesn't know him. <laughs> Just weird shit like that. Oh, man. I mean, some people love it. They love getting fucked with. But it is kind of tangential to, I mean, it's obviously very, a lot of people who do that are theater people. Yeah, it's um, got to be kinda, theater you know, people. It's a crossover. But it's like, it's like living theater on your feet kind of because you can get drunk and you can fuck with people and you can scream. You can make a, you can make a scene and it's not a big deal. It's actually the opposite. It's like, oh, look at that. It's a weird scene between these two people who are pretending to fight each other. Oh, my God. I, I'm so sad that I can't go to one now. <sighs> yeah, I mean, maybe in a couple of years. You They'll think rebound. It, do you think that's going to be one of the first things that comes back is Ren Fairs? I think it's going to be probably a testing ground, yeah. Because <laughs> it's just it's like it's like anything else where, I don't know, like isn't sports like they just want so desperately to have – because people love sports. Are yeah, sports well, I mean, person? they're still doing sports now they just are. without spectators. Yeah. They're not going to have the Ren Fair without <sighs> spectators, yeah. I don't think. I don't think there's like the live feed of the Ren Fair – on Twitch. Rimfair might be pretty actually pretty hampered as far as coming back. Yeah, it is hard to see how you would do it safely unless there's some sort of like, you know, unless everyone's vaccinated kind of thing. Unless you do it in Iceland, you know, where there's like no virus. Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of Rimfair already, I guess. But yeah, I mean, I don't have my hopes up. I just know that when it can come back, it will come back. Mm -hmm. Not so much. But when that is, I don't know. Do you think we'll just, like, be walking around for the rest of, like, our lives with masks on and, like, the face shields? God. I hope I hope not. It is starting to get more normal, though, I'll say that. It feels, I used to really feel, uh, now it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't feel as weird. It, it feels, doesn't feel as weird, but yeah. I think, I just feel like as a society, that's so crazy that yeah. we have to just all wear masks outside for who knows how long. Yeah. I mean, depends where you are. You go to North Dakota. Yeah. But then you'd be in North Dakota. Yeah. We don't want that. No. That place is pretty pretty not so good. A lot of people who are like anti-mask, it feels like that's all they've got. That's just their personality. That's your thing. What's your thing? Well, pretty much anti-masks and after that it's you know i don't know i was thinking about getting into car repair or something <laughs> you know it's like you don't have a whole lot to there's not a whole lot going on except the rejection of a thing yeah i did a show recently and then you know we took a photo after online show or what? no a live show oh, you did but like socially distant right you know was this like a thing where they had the audience vetted and stuff um i think this was a thing where 
you know, like how you eat outside now, right. where they just have the tables far away okay. from each other, and yeah. everyone has to wear masks, and the servers also are wearing masks, and so, so it was like that. And then they swap out the mic and right. sanitize, blah, blah, blah. But then afterwards, we took a photo, and then, you know, we put it up. And then some of the comments, because um, we were wearing masks in the photos, like, some of the people were just like, oh, so that's, wh- why would you take a photo with a mask on? You know, it's just like these yeah. anti-maskers just commenting, like, what's the point of even doing this if you got a mask on? And Do they think you're wearing a mask while talking? I don't know. I just think they they got mad that yeah. you're promoting a show but wearing a mask. It's weird. It's it just there's so much. It's so easy to see so much now, right? Like everything is visible. So you just, people have no, they see everything. So you want to comment on everything. Yeah. It like makes everyone feel like they have to say something. That's like the problem with, like I want to quit social media so bad. You do? Why don't you? Um, because I'm not famous. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and supposedly you need to be on social media yeah. to do comedy. You kind of do, I guess, in a way. Like, I don't think... Also, I don't think I'm secure enough to do it. Right. You have to really be so Yeah, you do have to be kind of a badass to do it. Or if you do it... If you don't quit it, quit it. You just have it where it's like an archive and it only lists... Inform- like, oh, I'll be here then... Like, just informational, purely informational. Yeah, there are some comics that, like, only post, like, these are the dates I'm on the road, and that's it. God, I want to get there. I want to so bad. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, now it doesn't matter because there's no road dates, right? Yeah. I mean, unless you're doing, like, a most people doing um, the drive-in stuff. But that's so limited. It's very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. But now everyone's, like, even more on social media because you can't go anywhere. Oh, yeah. It's, It's... like if I tweet something once a day, if I tweet one good thing, I'll think like something three hours later, like, oh, I can tweet it again. It's been a day. It's like, oh, it's been three hours, actually. <laughs> but in my head, it's been a day, you know? Yeah. But empirically, oh, it's actually only been three hours, even though it feels like, yeah, time is time is strange now. But I also feel like you have to pick what you want, because there are some people that are so good at social media, but yeah. they tweet every like four hours. That's true. Like, their whole thing is, like, I tweet a lot, and people like me because they want to read my Twitter conversations or, like, my thoughts. It's like being good at craps or something like that, you know? (laughs) It's, uh, it can't get you so far. Yeah, and I'm just not that person. But, again, it's it's one of those things where I'm like, oh, I feel like I want to be that person, but I'm not, you know? I'm not that, like, unfiltered. Let me just tell you everything that's in my brain right now. That's a good thing, though, isn't it? Yeah, but then I'm like, oh, but I don't have followers, or I don't have enough followers, and then I'm like, oh, but how am I gonna get famous if I don't have enough? Fo- you know, it's just like that whole roundabout thing. Yeah, I don't know if it's a uh, what do you call it when something is um, relating to the thing, like it's um, it's not like a they're not both dependent on each other. I don't feel like. Yeah, that's true. I think you can do one without the other, and sometimes the other one happens because of the thing. But it's not always the same, I think. You're right. I think it's just like peer pressure. Yeah. And when you're on social media, even if you're just scrolling through, you're like, oh, I wonder what other people are doing. You, yeah. get, you get competitive. It's human nature. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, this person's doing this thing. I got to do more of whatever that thing is. I got to do more thing. I got to do more things. Do you, this stand-up show you did, so it was a live show. Yeah, outside. Outside. In front of people, how far away the, is the audience? 
Um, I'm not good with describing distances, <laughs> so I'm going to tell you, and then you can verbally describe okay. it. So th- we're on uh, we're on stage, right? Right. So probably the first table is um a little bit past where that um bo- uh, your garden box. Okay, starts. that's pretty good. It's like 15 feet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm on a stage. It's not bad. Yeah. And you're outdoors. Outdoors. How often do they do it? Once I a don't week? know. This I think this was maybe they're trying to do it once a week. Yeah. That's cool. And then like then I got a message to do some other show that's also outside. So I think people are trying to do outside shows. If people are trying, they're trying their best because they have to, right? Because uh, if you don't do it, then it's just everything. I mean, you, you have, have to, to if you want to still be good at stand up when everything comes back. That's the thing that gets me is that people can't practice like they used to. No, like you can p- do the online shows, but those it's are not just the not same. Those are. Those are so not the same. I yeah, think and it's I've like done them. Yeah, and I've it, done them too. But it right when the first show I did when I got back on stage mm-hmm. and I was like talking to a person. And I had done a bunch of the online shows and I was like, oh, I know my jokes. Didn't feel like I knew what I was doing. Really? Yeah. I f- literally was telling a joke halfway through. I forgot the rest of the joke. And then I was like, I have to do a different joke now. Was the crowd wearing masks? Um... No, okay. because because it's like they're, they're distant eating. enough. Yeah, they're distant and they're that's pretty good. Because I think like it would be weird to look at people wearing masks. If you're not wearing a mask, look at people wearing masks. It's something about like the you can't see someone's face, so you can't like. There's no like feedback. I mean, I guess you could tell from their eyes. Sure, but then they, I have to really look. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to be able to do a quick glance. But okay, I don't see anything being thrown. I don't see any like aggressive posturing. Yeah, I don't know if it would be as good if they were wearing masks on. Yeah. But the tables were, like, pretty spread out, so I think it was fine. God, I want to try that. I thought that was all done. I haven't heard anything about any of these no, things No, I think at it's, all. like, starting to ramp up. Damn. It's about to get cold again. Maybe that won't matter. That's true. I mean, it's. I think it's supposed to be really hot, like, this it's weekend. It's supposed to be fucking crazy hot. Yeah. Like, 115. Did you see when that that Death Death Valley was like 130 degrees the other week? Yeah, it's insane. Pretty pretty cool, but you know, like you know, in a way where, oh look at that thing crashing. Yeah, like exciting. Like watching the Challenger explode, you're like, this is horrific, but also wow, once in a lifetime. Right. Yeah. I suppose it's like that if without without the the death. Yeah, without the death. Yeah, it is. I'm uh, sure people still died in Death Valley from that. I mean, it is, co- it is literally called Death Valley, so I guess it's... Yeah, and 130 degrees. Someone died. A friend of mine wanted to go out there just to feel it. And I thought no. About, well, I was thinking it might be cool, but what's going to happen is you get there, you feel it, and you're going to go, okay, this is fun for about 10 minutes, and now I feel like I can't hydrate enough to stay alive. <laughs> and so <laughs> I have to get back in the car. And, oh, the car's not working well. Oh, shit. Yeah. You know, like oh, my God. That would be horrific if you drove to Death Valley. You get out. You're like, oh, okay, I experienced it. You get yeah. back in your car. Your car will not start. Yeah, and you don't you're have enough water. There. It's like you died all on this sort of like lark. Like, wouldn't it be fun to check out this crazy <laughs> thing that's super intense physically? And then the, oh you, the nature calls your bluff. And it's like, yeah, that's sort of why uh, That's why we do this is just so you don't do that. You wow. Just that's why I feel like I will end up dying somehow. At least coming close to death. Is how, how do you think you're going to die, though? Predict your death. I mean, truly, probably something really boring. Really? I'll probably have, like, um, a heart attack or something, you know, like an older age, I bet. Like, you're, like, 80, and then you have a heart attack, and you can't, like, reach your, like, you know, that 
button that they have the old people. That or I just like die in my sleep or I'm in the hospital and I'm having like some sort of a condition that's degenerating and it's like a thing where, you know, not not hospice, but some sort of a thing like hospice where you sort of, you're fading out. Yeah, so you know you're about to die. Yeah, that's my prediction, I think. Because um, I'm usually pretty good as far as like dangerous situations, like really kind of, I have a theory that if you look at a dangerous situation as though it will kill you, if you predict how it will kill you, then it won't kill you. Okay, give me an example. Um, sort of like how cougars never attack you if you're looking at them. They always attack from behind. Okay. I think death is similar, where like, if you're prepared for to drown in a situation, you probably won't drown because you're doing things to mitigate that event oh so kind of like you're just like not panicking not panicking and also the odds of you dying from a thing that you think you're going to die of are pretty small i think especially if it's a dramatic type of thing like if you're worried about dying in like a boating accident or worried about dying from any kind of like dramatic thing if you're careful and aware of it you're probably going to do the things that keep you from dying that makes sense yeah yeah it's just like preparation Preparation is also just like a thing I, where I feel like, you know, if you see something coming, then it won't hit you because you can dodge out of the way because you're ready for it. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little bit afraid of dying in an earthquake, but I've done absolutely yeah. nothing to look up what to do in case of an earthquake. Well, that's the thing about earthquakes. Okay, let's say your house is like super earthquake ready. You're not going to be home. You're not going to be home. Or you're driving. And you're totally safe, and you just happen to drive under this bridge at the wrong time. Exactly. And what can you do? Or you know what the worst thing is the parking garages. What For a while, I just garage? wouldn't go in a parking garage because you'd be like, oh, man, this is where you're going to – I don't want to be the person who dies in a parking garage at Whole Foods or something. Because you know it I mean? collapses? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I would just be embarrassed. I'd be like, God. Like, I don't like what happened to Johnny? He died in a parking garage collapse. <laughs> you know, it's not sexy. It's just like – Ugh. It's like at least Sad. at least it'd be better if you were on the bridge. You're like, well something. That was tragic, but he, Good, was, he was going stuck. somewhere. Don't want to get stuck. Yeah, that is the thing about earthquakes because my whole family is like afraid of dying in an earthquake. Really? They were like, I don't want to move to California because earthquakes and it's like we barely have them and when we do they're small. Yeah. Like, there hasn't been a big one in a long time. I mean we're, you know, we're, knock on wood. We're ready. We're honestly ready for the though, big. I'm I'm like I feel like 2020 is going to end on an earthquake. It really should, right? Like, at this point. Yeah. Of all the things that have happened. The big God. one's going to come, at like, December 31st. Jesus Christ. It would make sense. I keep thinking that, too, that it should happen now because might as well just get it out of the way. Yeah, but I just want to be in a place where I'm not going to die when it happens. Yeah. But, yeah, again, you don't know when the earthquake is coming. You right. can't really be prepared. Have you seen those things they have for like when uh, houses or buildings collapse or hotels collapse or like a, your luxury high rise collapses? Like a special bed that uh -uh. you drop into the bed and it creates this this thing rolls over you. It's like supposed to be like this uh, survival chamber. It's very expensive and they're like made in Russia. The video wait, of it is insane. Wait, so so the the bed opens up? The bed opens up. You drop into this chamber. It seals on you. And you have tons of water and food in there. It's like a survival chamber. You can live for like a How week. How big is this bed? It's huge. It's like massive. And it's super expensive. It's very heavy. But the idea is that 
so when you're sleeping, obviously you would get caught off guard by like maybe a terrorist attack, like a bomb going off, or something that happens that causes like the building or something to be to collapse. Like earthquake is the probably the main thing. Mm-hmm. And they show this thing, and it's the most ridiculous thing ever because you know you would get caught in it and you get like decapitated in the <laughs> process of it <laughs> trying to save you or get your arm caught or some that's crazy shit. That's why I'm shit. like, how does the and then it closes on you and then what if you can't get out of it? Well, that's the idea. It has a transponder. It tells people where you are. Uh-huh. So if you're in this rubble, you can lay, you can be in this thing. You, I think you can probably sit up, but that's about it. And you have water and you can have like a like a thing to defecate in. You've got everything you need. I would rather die. But I kind of feel the same way. But... You know, it might work. Or you might just live for, you might just die in there, but two weeks later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that, because the transponder didn't go off. Or That's what I'm afraid of. It's shit. just like, oh, okay, there's a transponder, but like, what if all the communications yeah. go down? And then you're just stuck in this bed hole thing. Exactly. I don't know. Or it could be kind of cool. I was thinking about making a mini one, but that doesn't actually work. Like a cabin, <laughs> like just sort of like a little cabin that you can kind of go into to feel kind of... um. You'd make the cabin in your room? Yeah, make a cabin in your bedroom or like in the garage. Make like a uh, like a cabin that's sort of like a the kind you'd have if you were wor- working on a sailboat. Or the kind you'd sleep in, like a tiny oh, cabin. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah. So you can have like a little place you go to that's kind of uh, like a, I don't know, like a, like a miniature apartment inside your house. It's like a Russian doll of housing. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I think that'd be kind of nice. I don't know if it would save you from anything, though. I feel like if the earthquake happened, your cabin still would not survive it might it depends if it's how big the big one is it's gonna or be big yeah it's gonna be super big but i think if you're in a for one story dwelling you're pretty safe aren't you i don't know how it works i think it also depends on if you're like places like earthquake retrofitted you know because mm-hmm. oh. some of the older buildings are probably not going to withstand it they're not and also there's the whole thing where the the gas lines might get cut water oh, might get cut all these electricity things might get severed, and so you'll be without all those things for a long time. There also could be a lot of fires, evidently, because of the gas lines. Uh huh. Well, we've been getting fires because yeah. of that, yeah, too. Gas lines? Or not the gas lines? Oh. Just like the the just the power heat. lines. Oh, the power lines, right? Yeah, because of uh, California Edison is super. I mean, because the they company. refuse to put the power lines underneath the ground mm-hmm. for some reason. They're like, no, nah, it's fine. And then every year there's just a million wildfires. Yeah, and all these people get burned out or they get their power turned off for weeks. Yeah, we ha- we got a notice um, at my parents' place mm-hmm. that they were like, hey, so because of the weather and uh, it was really hot and then all the wildfires and stuff, they right. were like, we might just shut off your power between the hours of like, I think it was like noon and eight right? for like these two weeks. And you're like... Oh, you're not going to tell me when it just, I just might be like showering one day and suddenly there's just cold Nothing. water. Nothing. Okay. I can't use the stove now. Great. They just keep you prisoner. Mm-hmm. They suck. That company is the worst. They're just like. Horrible. Oh, it's a classic thing where they can be. So they are. Yeah. It's, it's cause they have a monopoly. Yeah. Like, where else are you going to get your power from? Solar. Nowhere. Yeah. Maybe. If you want to pay like 20 grand to have a solar installation. I know. I looked yeah. into it recently cause I was like, we should all be have solar power at this yeah. point but it's so expensive it is it's the kind of thing where it doesn't really pay for itself it pays for itself if you have it for like 20 yeah years. 20 years so it does eventually but it's still technology is still not cheap enough to really mm-hmm. pay for it. it's crazy and you know they do that stuff on purpose 
Oh, you think? <laughs> I mean, PG&E must be behind some kind yeah. of rat. You know, it's like they're like, yeah, let's just keep that expensive so then everyone stays with us. You can't make it that cheap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're all New Yorkers. <laughs> hey, why are you going to make it that freaking cheap? You can't make power that freaking cheap. What are you doing? Nah. Well, it could be even Chicago accent would be good, too. But the Chicago accent's so hard to do, I feel like. It's like all that. Because it, it's a little subtle, but... Yeah. um. Like, people know I'm from Chicago by the way I say Chicago. Really? Yeah. See, I wouldn't catch it because I don't think I know it enough. Yeah, but I also have, like, a weird accent where people think I'm from the South sometimes. Cause really? Because I just talk a little weird. Yeah. That's funny. Did you grow up, are your parents immigrants? Uh, Yeah. So you grew up speaking? I grew up speaking uh, Mandarin, Chinese. So that was your first language? That was my first language. Then I learned how to speak English when I was in, like, kindergarten, first grade. Like, I did not know a single wow. word of English when I went to kindergarten. Like, the first day of school, I didn't know where the bathroom was, and I couldn't ask. That's crazy. Yeah. What and was that like? Was that now weird? Now I talk like this. Um, that was my only memory was, uh, well, my two me- earliest memories were I was in preschool. Mm-hmm. I didn't know any English. And then I learned how to tie my shoe by staring at this kid next to me. And I just, like, was, like, That's cool. doing the bunny ears thing. And then I went to kindergarten that first day, and I really had to pee. And I went up to the teacher, and I kept asking where the bathroom was, but in Chinese. How do you she, say it in Chinese? Um, there's, like, different ways to say okay. it because there's so many words in Chinese that are replaceable by other things. But I think I just said, like, um, uh, what did I say? I can't remember if I said, like, I have to pee or where is the bathroom. But I probably just was like, uh, which is also, like, where's the bathroom? It's you, the way you say it. I don't know. It's a different language because I feel like I'm just. I feel like you're just mumbling because oh. I can't quite. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's so casual, and also it's something about like I just know no Chinese at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chinese has uh, Chinese is such an interesting language, or at least by Mandarin. The, mm-hmm. is it? But there's just so many ways to phrase things. Really? You know, like I said it one way, but you could say it like probably twenty other ways. Wow. To be like, where's the bathroom? You know? Yeah. But in English, you would just say, like, where is the bathroom or, or restroom or toilet or what potty. What did the teacher you know? say? But, no, she just kept staring at me because she didn't know what I wanted. But I was, like, so, like, desperate because right. I really had to pee. Um, and then I'm not one of those kids that would pee their pants. Okay. Like, I will hold <laughs> I will hold it as long as humanly possible. Until death. I, until death, yeah. truly. I'll explode. Like, that's how I'm going to die. Wow. Like, you're going to die in your sleep. I'm going to die because I couldn't find... The b- a toilet right and i just exploded wow um and then i had to wait the whole day Jeez. to not pee and then i like ran home because i lived like not that far from my elementary school so like my grandma i think picked me up or something That's and then cool. i like ran home to pee and then the next day my mom was like asking the teacher where the bathroom was so you must have learned english fast right as a kid yeah i guess i learned pretty quick because in fir- by, by the time i was in first grade i knew english damn that's so cool yeah i mean kids learn things so fast yeah especially language right because mm-hmm. you're just surrounded by it yeah it, it's just like one of those things where you have to, have to be immersed in it right like mm-hmm. i learned spanish in high school you spanish can barely too? can barely oh. speak it right because you weren't immersed no you, you had class like once for like an hour yeah every day enough and it's a lot of you doing worksheets. You're not talking in class. Yeah. You know? So were you the only person in your family who spoke English and Chinese? Um, no, my mom does too. And uh, Only my grandparents basically okay. only speak Chinese. They can speak a little bit of English. Um, my mom's pretty good, but sometimes she'll say stuff that, like, you know, you're like, oh, okay, that's your second language, you know? Yeah. But 
everyone can speak both. I just can't speak Chinese as well anymore. I forgot oh, really? a lot of it. Yeah. Have you ever thought about that, about using that at all? I only think about that because my grandpa, who's been dead for about maybe 10 or 12 years, he's like a you know an old Southern guy. And I think maybe tw over 20 years ago, he said to me, God, it's so funny. To me. I haven't thought of this in a long time. He's like, Johnny, there's only one thing you got to do. Learn to speak Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> and I always think about, like, have I actually learned to speak Chinese? My life would be so much different, I feel like. Maybe. You think so? I think I might have gone into some different career path because, I mean, China is so big. There's mm -hmm. so much things you can do there. I was watching something last night about, you know, that guy Sai, the um, the Korean pop star? The Gangnam Style Gangnam guy? Style. Yeah. I guess he sort of disappeared in America because he's doing a lot of uh, collaborations now with Chinese musicians because the Chinese music market is so incredibly more lucrative than the West. Uh -huh. that it's like, why would you even mess around with anything other than that? And it makes me think about like, like if you were thought of like, oh, I'll go to China and be a comedian in China. Um, They don't like gay people. Okay. So there yeah. you go. <laughs> That's a big <laughs> one. Yeah. I guess That's the answer to that question i'd right. have to go to china and be like i have a best friend wow. you know yeah i guess that's true I, I always forget about like the the most basic aspect of something where it's like that is a big part of their culture right it's not like a yeah i think it's not i'm I'm sure it's like you know us back in the, yeah. the day where you like slowly warm up to like right gay people being fine but i think they're just like i don't think i could show up there and be a huge star right you know what about traveling there to do shows I think it's not even an issue. Um, I know some comedians who've gone to China. Yeah, I think some people have gone yeah. to perform. I've just never done it. Right. Um, but I guess I could. But I'd still have to definitely do all my shows in English. Oh, really? Like, I couldn't do my jokes in Chinese. Not yet. Not yet. But also, I was talking to my mom one time about this, and she said that there's not really stand-up comedy really? in China. Like, it's different. Hmm. It's kind of... Like, it, like if you're only speaking in Mandarin or whatever, yeah. like their version of stand-up comedy is more like a, it's like a two-man act. Okay, like a, like a classic sort of thing, like from the, like the fifties mm -hmm, or something. Like you mm -hmm. see on TV, like Dean Martin and mm -hmm. what Jerry Lewis did. That? Yeah, mm. I don't exact. I didn't watch the example, but she said it's more like two people talking and making funny jokes. But it's there's like not a one person yeah. standing up there, doing comedy how we do it. Got to revolutionize it. Yeah, apparently. I got I to gotta change their minds about gay people and also create a new art form at the yeah. same time. <laughs> I mean, it might be easier because then you're doing you're not putting everything on one thing. It's like you kind of go back and <laughs> forth a bit. <laughs> or one thing helps the other. That's true. They're like, wow, this is so unique. All of it. I don't think I knew that about China. I don't know why. I, I felt like you think about that in other – because they're a communist country. Yeah, but that's pretty common in all communist countries, right? Is they have like a, they have a problem with gay people. Oh yeah, I guess so. I don't think that's one of the 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 tenets, the of communism. tenets yeah. but somehow that's become somehow a that thing. got that got woven in there accidentally. Isn't that weird? I've never yeah. thought about it like that. Huh. It's strange because it's such like, if you think about it, it's such a religious idea. Yeah. And communism is the opposite of that. So why would it be? Yeah, because isn't so communism common? all about like sharing? Yeah, and like decentralizing the collective. Exactly, but then for some reason the collective does not include gay people. And we all know that gay people are the best at collectives. <laughs> yeah. Like 
There's Truly. so many things that wouldn't be around if groups of gay people didn't do things because they had to do them together because mm-hmm. they wouldn't weren't allowed to do them otherwise. Exactly. It's like house music. House music wouldn't exist <laughs> if if there weren't like gay people who were ostracized and felt the need to create mm-hmm. type a, a scene. Yeah, it's crazy. Who knows? Maybe they'll maybe they'll have a quick convergence because it's changing so fast there that maybe that'll happen. F- I don't know. I mean, I don't. I know so little about that, but. Yeah, I don't know too much about like the politics there and the government right. there. But have you ever been? I did go um, when I was really young. When I was like two, I stayed with my grandparents there. Right. Um, and then I came back like when I was three. And then I went one time when I was in middle school, because my mom went on a work trip, so I went with her and we stayed in Beijing. That must be crazy, because that's um, like one of the biggest cities in the world, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Wow. But it was kind of boring for me because she was just <laughs> staying in a hotel because right. she was working. Yeah. And then I I was like, what, 11 or something? I yeah. can't just be, like, wandering the streets outside mm-hmm. lost with my, like, Americanized Chinese accent. So people know I'm not living there. So they're like, let's scam this, you know, American girl. That to me They is love to scam people there. Oh, really? Them. Like, if you're trying to buy stuff. Yeah. Like, um... Because everything is like haggling. Yeah. Right? There's not there's no set prices. Like in America, you go in a store. This thing costs $10. It's $10. You can't mm-hmm. be like, can I pay 5 They're like, it's $10. Yeah. In China, everything is not the price that it is. Wow. Like if you pay that price, you're an idiot. I've heard even someone say that if you pay the price without haggling, that makes the person feel bad because you're like, man, if they paid 10 they would have paid 20 <laughs> Really? F- yeah. I didn't hear that, but that's funny. It's actually considered rude to not haggle because you're making that vendor feel as though they got ripped off because huh. they didn't get a chance to possibly upsell you even more. That's hilarious. Yeah. It makes sense, too. Yeah, that that does make sense. I mm-hmm. just never heard of that. I used to got, I used to love haggling. I got so into oh, it. Oh, I hate it. Really? It gives me so much anxiety. To- I, I mean, I can see how it, it def- I can see how it would give someone anxiety, but I feel like once you get into it, it's kind of like this thing where it's basically just gambling. You're trying no, I don't to like what- that either. Okay, see, that's the opposite. <laughs> I like love. I don't love gambling, but I really do enjoy playing poker and like playing stuff that's like I don't know, gaming a gaming a thing where it's like, can I get away with this? So my issue with, I mean, I like playing cards and stuff. I right. love games, but I don't like when money is involved because I want to lose the least amount of money. Right. So if I'm haggling, I don't know what the correct answer is. Yeah. You know, because you're just, you're like, oh, is this going to be too high of a number, too low? And then I'm freaking out. You got to go super low? But like, like I don't want to go so low where they're like, they're not going to participate in the haggling anymore. That's how you get like, them, though. this idiot. You go so low that they're insulted, then you walk away, and then they go, okay, okay, okay. Really? <laughs> I've, I've, had, I've done it once or twice, and that's how, yeah, usually it works. The walk away is the most effective tool possible in the haggling, because if you throw out a number, now obviously not like the tiniest number. If you throw like, That's my issue is I'm afraid yeah. I'm going to throw out the tiniest number, and they're like, no. Well, I, I always say, how much do you want for this? And if they say 10, I say, Really? Uh, I'll give you five. They're like, no. Walk away. Eight. They're like, eight? No. Maybe six. Like, uh, no, uh, eight. I'll do seven and a half. Like, I walk away again. Okay, seven. How about seven? Come on, seven. It's like, no. They walk away. 
six and a half. No, I, I said six. Like, fine, six. It's like, okay. Wow. Yeah. But I've only done it a few times because you really can't do that. I, I know that from selling records because a lot of times when you buy and sell records, when you buy records at a place that doesn't have price tags, they are going to look at your shoes to tell you how the, what the price of the record is. Really? You know, they want to know, like, how much will you pay for this record? It's not That's the price of the record. Huh. They, 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 you, know, you bring your stuff up to the top. They look at the records and stuff, and they look at you, and it's like, and they to- tally it up. And a lot of times, this is this is like in places that aren't so good. This is like <laughs> a sure. shady record store, like sure. a shitty record store. But they will be, they'll do that to you. They'll kind of like size you up and price it accordingly. To and what it they always think works. Well, I mean, a lot of times when I've done that, I would just pay what they what they say because I'm like, I don't feel like getting into this right now. Yeah. But I think it's a thing where, I don't know, you can kind of, you, if you if you talk to someone the right way, I think a lot of times you can get them to come down on something. Because you yeah. can be like, hey, this is unreasonable. Like, I would pay, you know, I bought seen this for half the cost. Why are you charging me so much? But that's not really hacking. That's more like, it's a different kind of thing. But if you want to pay the least, though, you got to be ruthless, I guess. It's true. But the other issue is, like, I never really want to haggle, especially, like, in America, because, you know, yeah. Chinese people are already seen as, like, cheap, and then <sighs> I don't want to, like, add to that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, like, I can, if I can pay the amount, I'm like, it's fine. But then, so half of me is like, well, I'm getting ripped off. But the other half of me is like, well, I don't want you to think I'm cheap. Why is that a thing that Chinese people are considered cheap? Is that a thing? Really? I mean, we are. Okay. <laughs> Have I just not explained the whole we only haggle in China? But isn't that the, you haggle in like in India, you haggle yeah, in like yeah, yeah. everywhere. I guess. South America. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think it's like we're cheap so much as like, w- like if you immigrated here, you didn't come here with a lot of money. Yeah. Right? So you, so you don't want to frivolously give away money that you don't have. Right. So it's, I think it's less about being cheap and more about like, oh, I need to save up money. Yeah. And then, like, Chinese people all, like, you know, start saving up for a college fund before the baby's even born, you know? <laughs> so they're like, I'm not going to pay an extra $10 for this record that should be going into this, like, yeah. fund, you know? So I think it's more that than anything. Mm-hmm. But then I have to be out here, like, trying to break stereotypes while not losing money. <laughs> That's a tough thing. you got to break the stereotype but still maintain the your balance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but also isn't that the thing with with China? Like it's such a huge country, it's so diverse. It's almost like it's weird that there would be any stereotype for China because it's so such there being a stereotype for. I mean, it's so much bigger than the United States, mm-hmm. physically and culturally, right? Yeah, but I feel like stereotypes are just like a bunch of people got jealous of some other group of people and yeah. then just started some rumors. You know, like, who started the, like, women can't drive stereotype? Right. Like, where where does that even come from? I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know. There is, there is some truth to it. I'm a great <laughs> driver, Johnny. <laughs> what, what I, great what I, driver. the only thing I know that's truth that's true about that is something I saw quoted about a scientific statistic that women have, have less acute depth perception, technically. Oh. Which is the only thing that I think could account for that. I see. But also, that's just parking. Yeah. <laughs> that's not the driving part of it. Yeah, that. it's that's, parking. that's parking. 
So the stereotype should be women, women are bad at parking. Which I, you know, I've seen a lot of bad parking done. That's so funny. I don't know. But I also, at the same time, I think it's Kias that are the worst. The Kias are the worst. I think that <laughs> I, I tend to, in my experience, someone driving a Kia is usually the person who aggresses me the most. <laughs> like who does like, well, why would you do that? That's so funny. Especially the Kias that look like they're not Kias. They look kind of like, oh, is that a, is that a, is that a BMW? No, it's Kia. <laughs> like the Kia that kind of is trying to look like a different model car. Yeah, Those, yeah, yeah. I think, are the worst defenders in terms of cars. Because you, you tried to buy the expense, expensive right. version of the car, but you didn't have that money. So you just have to drive like you have the, the expensive car. So you're driving more aggressively to make up for the fact that you don't have the expensive car that your car is modeled after. Yeah. That's my theory, I guess. Anyway, but... That's like the big dick version of having a car. Yeah, basically. You're like, I have. It's like the guys who are driving trucks with like small dicks. Yep. But you're in your Kia. I think it's probably real. I mean, you have to be really hard to do a study on that, but I think it's out there. You probably legally probably even couldn't do that study because it would be it would violate a lot of ethical <laughs> rules. But I would love to see it. You know, maybe a country that uh, they can do that can get away with that study. Yeah, somewhere. yeah. Let me just call up my uh, relatives in China to see <laughs> if they can do this study. Do you know about the whole uh, idea about Scottish people being cheap? No. I don't you know, know any Scottish people also. I don't know any Scottish people either. I don't. I mean, I probably know people who would claim to be, well, I'm half Scotch-Irish, but that's oh, like... Oh, sure. That doesn't count, really. Nothing at all. The reason we call it Scotch tape is because that's a reference to Scottish people being extremely cheap. Really? Scottish people are the original cheapos because the reason they call it Scotch tape is because you can reuse it. <laughs> so <laughs> Scottish people... It's literally why it's called Scotch tape. What? Still to this day, you see that plaid on the Scotch tape? Yeah. It's because of that. It's it's basically a sort of a, a subtly racist reference to Scottish people being cheap. That's crazy. Even there's an appliance store down the street from me called Thrifty Appliance. It's out of business now, but they have a Scottish guy with a kilt and a little what's it called a tam o' shanter hat as their logo. Thrifty Appliance Repair. Because why wow. would you buy a new appliance if you can just fix your old one? Because you're Scottish. Because you're super cheap. What? Yeah, it's like this thing. I've even heard, um, sometimes I listen to AM radio for a coast-to-coast -coast AM on the night. Because it's like, you know, stuff about ghosts and UFOs and stuff. Okay. But sometimes I'll hear the daytime progress. And there's a guy who's a Scottish guy. His dad is a Scottish immigrant. And he talks about, he always sometimes will talk about how cheap his dad is. Like, just notoriously cheap. Like, never turns the air conditioning on. Just all this crazy stuff he does. This, the links his dad goes to save money, and he's Scottish. <laughs> and it's like this thing where I, it just never ceases to amaze me how few people know about that. And it makes me think, like, there must be so many other ones we don't know about that sort of have fallen away because, like, you don't know anyone who's ethnically Welsh, you know what I mean? Right, <laughs> right. Like, or like ethnically Belgian, like oh Belgians always piss outside or something like that, you know, <laughs> because of some weird crap that they used to deal with. Whoa, I gotta look that up later. But I also don't know why Scottish people would be cheap, you know. Yeah, I, I was just gonna ask what's like the origin of that, or yeah. did and did your friend say why his dad is cheap? Well, he's this is some guy on a on a radio show. Oh, this the, again, not your friend. The thing I heard I about initially it. was probably like on like Radio Lab or some crap, you know, uh -huh. some podcast about. You know, did you know that this is a this is a thing? And yeah. I looked it up, and yeah, it definitely is like a a thing. Just I just wish there were so many more because 
I mean, there's got to be a reason why. Yeah. You know. It's probably the same reason that, you know, just people say it about Chinese, right? It's got to be. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a cultural thing. It's just yeah. like, it's always been like more about saving money than spending it, mm-hmm. you know? Well, English people are the opposite. It's like, spend more. Well, because like, we're such a capitalist country, too. Yeah. It's all about spending. So it's like, you know, you have to like, be lavish and like, opulent. And statusy. Yeah. If you're like, oh, let me show you all the things that I own. Yeah. Man, that shit's fucking crazy right now, especially because it feels like that's really like the uh, the undermining of so much right now. What, capitalism? Yeah, well, yeah. just the, the rampant, sort of out of control, the uh, the status spending. The idea of like so many things that we buy are for display and not for use. Mm-hmm. That's, uh... And like it's crazy that the things that companies make now are just of worse quality. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. Isn't it? You have to spend so much money now to get something that doesn't break. Yeah. You basically, yeah, almost nothing doesn't break unless it costs 10 times the amount of the thing that breaks. Yeah, like you could buy the same thing now that you could have bought in like the 1920s. Way worse quality now. Mm -hmm. And if you want that original thing, it costs like so much money. Yeah. And it should not be like that. Like, Maybe. I, I want to buy stuff. It's not like I don't want to buy stuff, but I want to buy something once and it lasts. Yeah. I don't want to buy the same plate a hundred times. These mics are good. The Audix OM2, great mic. Are you sponsored by them? No, that, that was a feeble attempt at sponsorship. <laughs> You're like, I hope. I think I've never mentioned these mics in like six years, so. But they've lasted a long that's time. That's great. Yeah, but that's <laughs> but they, they, they don't want, companies don't want that because they don't make money if you don't yeah. buy another from them you heard about planned obsolescence yeah that's what i'm talking about yeah, yeah planned obsolescence. When I, when I learned about that i think it was probably like 15 years ago or something like that i remember just being like oh i think i felt for a few weeks i just felt oh everything's nothing is everything's a lie everything is a lie especially when you think about something like that like the idea that the original light bulbs designed by thomas edison still fucking work yeah, and then the ones that we get <laughs> that we buy from Home Depot yeah. that stop working after a year, so you have to buy a new light yeah. bulb. They do it on purpose. And the same thing with the iPhones and stuff. Oh, my God. The iPhone stuff is its so criminal they now. They do it's that crazy. on purpose. They, like, slow down all your apps mm-hmm. after, like, a year and a half just so you'll buy their new iPhone. It's crazy because I have an old one that works. It works great. It works better. Which one do you have? Well, this is a new one that I don't like, but I want to transition back to the one... Two, I think it was like two phones. I usually do every other phone, uh-huh. every other update, or maybe a little less. But this, I don't know what this one is. This is the, this is the X. Okay. Oh, the 10? Yeah. yeah but I have I, the 10 also. I think I have an 8. It's nice uh-huh. and small. My favorite is the 4. The 4 was the best. The one with the square? Yeah, the square it's one. It's the best, best one, one ever made. I it's want that one It's by far again. the best one. They even did an update on it, actually, because people liked it so much. Really? They did. They made like an iPhone 4S, I think. Okay, I want that phone again. That was the best iPhone ever created. Yeah, but you can Perfect can't size. Perfect size. But then they started making it so like it would just slow down to the point where you can't use the phone anymore. Yeah. Did you study that stuff in school, in college? No, oh, you actually, um, when I was a freshman, I wanted to be an environmental science major. Mm-hmm. And then I got so depressed by it that I switched oh my, majors. That's so funny because I, I have National Geographic, right? Mm-hmm. I get the magazine. I don't read it that often because, you know, who reads any magazine? Once you subscribe to a magazine, you're like, 
uh, it comes a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's like that's why I can't do any subscriptions yeah. because once it comes all the time, you're like, I don't. Oh want wow, it. I'm behind. <laughs> I was reading it yesterday because I had some time off, and uh, there's half the articles in there are just like, so the lakes in the north are freezing a lot less now, and uh, this and there's all this fishing happening in. There's all this drilling happening in Norway where there never was before. So there's so many things that are depressing about the environment that it's just, it's like, God, this is overwhelming. It's yeah. If the more you look at the data, the more things you can see, they're just like, everywhere you look, it's the same thing. It's like mm-hmm. the same. But I don't know what the solution is because I think yeah. we've got to the point where everyone's feels like it's hopeless. Yeah. So they're like, fuck it. It kind of is hopeless in a way. It is. But, I mean, I think if people were either more aware or they cared more. Yeah. Or the emphasis was, like, not so much on me, me, me. Like, how much money do I have? Like, Mm -hmm. I got to be this status symbol. If it was more about just, like, caring about other people in the environment, just collectively as a society, I think it would be better. For sure. It seems like the, there's like, um, I mean, you can look at it, I guess, in the way that, a couple ways. You can look at the way that some of it's past, because like certain things are already happening, right? Certain things are already, the feedback is already happening, and that's from like industrial revolution fallout. I think about that. I also think about how most people don't give a shit about something until they have to. Mm-hmm. And a lot of stuff happens so slow that we just don't notice it, or people. People who aren't looking for it don't feel the impact until it's way too late. That's true. Because it's like, oh, it's a little bit hotter, yeah, or it's a little bit this, but it's not, like, crazy different. Yeah, I guess it's just, like, it's creeped up so slowly that Mm -hmm. it hasn't affected your life at all, and you're like, it's fine. Like, nothing's happening. The The only hope is that COVID will take just tons and tons and tons of lives to the point where <laughs> where the uh, population is dwindled to the point where our footprint is uh, like pre-industrial revolution levels. That's the <laughs> yeah. only hope, I think. A quote-unquote hope? Yeah. yeah. Not that we want anybody to die. But, right. Um, Not the only one to die, but also, you know, s- people gotta. <laughs> At some point. We're either going to die now or we're all going to die in a mass extinction yeah. in 20 years. There might be. I don't. I don't. Who knows? It's also um, everything's so speculative now. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if we're gonna. I don't think we're gonna last till like I'm eighty. You don't think so? No. Really? Yeah. How no. long have you thought that? Um, you know, when I was a kid, I thought I was gonna grow to like I'm a hundred. Right. But that was like the '90s. Everything was good in the '90s. Did you want to be president too? No, I okay. I actually would. I think I would be a good president, I but no one would ever elect me president because I'm not likable in the way that politicians are likable. I'm not fake, right? And you're you not. have to really pander and not answer questions directly. You heard of James K. Polk, that president? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what other James K. Polk? <laughs> There's like, uh, he was like a president, I think, for one term, and he didn't even seek re-election. So he's like. I did what I wanted to do. I'm done. I would love to do that. That's what I think we need more of is a James K. Polk type. I think that's obviously yeah. that happened 150 years ago. I mean, that's kind ago. of why people elected Trump, though, because they were like, they thought that <sighs> he was the I'm a tell it yeah. like it is guy. But, you know. Totally. 
But, you know, I would do it for uh, the betterment of the planet. Right. Not my own personal gain. Yeah, it's pretty hard to do that now because you have to be so flashy. Yeah. So you think that, you're going back to when you said you first thought that, I thought you were going to live to 100. Oh, yeah, when I was a kid. But I think um, probably when I got to college and I was like taking environmental science classes and I was like, yeah, we're not going to make it. There's no way. It's super bleak. Yeah, I, re- I remember I read um, an article for class that was talking about uh, electric vehicles. Mm-hmm. This was back, um, this was maybe almost 10 years ago now. And just how, you know, gas mileage, w- what, what, how, what's like a good gas mileage now? Like 50 miles a gallon? Well, that's like really good. Yeah, that's, that's really good, good right? Yeah. Reading this article, they're like, "Oh yeah, we have the technology for every car to be fifty miles per gallon." Mm-hmm. They just choose not to do that. Yeah, they suppress it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm like, "Oh, this is depressing." And they're like, "Yeah, we could all have electric cars, but you know, they're all colluding with each other. Mm-hmm. So we're all stuck in our like twenty-five maybe miles per gallon hybrid SUVs, and we're like, "Ooh, I'm saving the planet." Yeah, even though because they're raising the fuel efficiency slowly, mm-hmm. so it's a thing when they they can tout like, "This is twenty nine, not twenty five. Twenty nine is big. It's big. It's big." Yeah, and you've got like Ugh. weirdo nerd dudes driving those Honda Insights, hypermaling them like one hundred and twenty five miles mm-hmm. per gallon kind of thing, because they're wearing like foam shoes, yeah. <laughs> no no AC. <laughs> Ugh. All you can do is comedy then, I guess. I know. It's just like, well, everything's depressing. I guess I'll mm-hmm. try to make these uh, philosophical thoughts into jokes that people can eat like gummy vitamins. Yeah. People do like it, though. People are... I do hear from people how about how much they do enjoy comedy, especially now. Mm-hmm. It feels like, even though we joke about not having jobs, it feels like it may be one of the last jobs <laughs> really is being... Is doing something to alleviate the um, focus on just like the nonstop barrage of shit media, you know? Totally. It is nice because like if people go to a comedy show, they're not like on social media or reading the news or yeah. whatever. Like they're you get to head. just like, you know, be one with everyone in the show mm-hmm. for an hour. And heckle and get wasted. And <laughs> you remember heckling? Oh, God. God. I almost miss it now. It's so much attention. <laughs> it's bad attention, but it's so 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 direct. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't mind a good heckle. Yeah, I feel like it would be it wouldn't be so bad because at least it would be like this. It would be an intense experience. It would be sort of a uh, authentic experience, I guess. I do prefer heckling to like trolls. Yeah. Online trolls are the worst. Oh God. The t- some of the trolling stuff to me is interesting because I try to reach out to some of those people as like a like a this weird thing i do where i like i'll if someone will say something negative i'll just contact them directly and be like hey how are you are you okay really yeah sometimes it works sometimes it backfires like you 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 dm them you don't comment like on no i dm them yeah yeah. i'm like let's make this private did you see the one that pat oswalt did where someone was like he was basically like fuck you or you're not funny or i don't know he said something mean to Patton, and then Patton like responded on the tweet he's like hey hope you're doing okay and then it turned out later that that guy was like sad sad yeah yeah and then and then Pat uh, started like a gofundme for this guy or something it was crazy okay so yeah that's like the way better version of what i've tried to do i guess i've had it happen where a guy came to a show heckled 
I had him kicked out because he was heckling during a friend's set. I was like, I, you know, I can deal with it, but I don't want to have to see him deal with this. So I had him, the guy kicked out. He, I think he tweeted at me or something. I messaged him, and then I was like, hey, man, like, you know, just very simple. It's just not okay. You can't do that. He's like, what was I doing? I'm like, you were heckling. You were obviously, were, he's like, yeah, I, I was wasted. I'm sorry, I was wasted. I said, okay, you can come back to shows next time we're in this place. But don't do it again. I was like, yeah, you're right, man. Sorry. And then I blocked him. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, I don't know. I was kind of. Like, that I was g- nice. I won. And then I was like, okay, fuck you. But <laughs> basically. But I, I did really feel that way about it. It was something where, like, some of those people are just hurting so ba- so much. That that's, what, that's how it comes out. Yeah. And it, it, I think it is, like, a nice way if you do reach out because they are hurting. Yeah. But the problem is just, like. That's a lot of energy on our end. Oh, know. totally. It's the kind of thing where I'm doing it, and, uh, oh, I'm definitely not doing something else right now. Because exactly. I'm yeah, I'm like, I have other stuff to do. Yeah. Ooh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to heal the stranger now <laughs> instead of writing the thing I've been trying to write for a month. Exactly. It's why, like why, why, why write something good? Why create when you can heal a stranger unnecessarily? <laughs> Oh, it's such bullshit. It's crazy how many things you can distract yourself with. It's just insane, especially now too, because you're always home and stuff. It's so. Mm-hmm. And the the other problem is like b- back on the social media thing is, mm-hmm. you only get more followers the more you engage with people. Yeah. So you like have to engage. Well, like, that's why and comment more. Even that's if why you don't I call it to. the casino. Because it's all social media, has been designed by the same people who program the layouts of casinos and program slot machines. So it's like the reason you get free drinks at the casino is because you're gambling. Mm -hmm. And I think that social media works the same way. The more you participate in their machine, they gift you with the algorithm is good to you if you're good to the algorithm. Yeah. It's disgusting. Yeah. So I want to... I never go to casinos. So now that you've said that, I'm like, I want to not go to Twitter and Instagram. Uh-huh. But if you don't go there, they know that. Yes. And they will give you less attention. Your posts and page will get less attention if you give the app less attention. I know. Unless some I sort know. of unless you're someone who has some sort of crazy viral success or some very specific instance. Right. They will sup- actively not suppress, I guess. But I mean, what is suppression? At some point, if you're not promoting something, isn't that suppression in a sense? I guess so. Like if you're not promoting something because of the way that that thing is engaging with your platform, I feel like that's akin to suppression. That's deep. Yeah, and I think that they are, they I don't think I know that they suppress stuff because if you engage less with the their their um what do you want to call it their their apparatus, if you engage less with it they don't seek to reward you as much because they feel like I you're mean, less valuable. I mean, I think valuable. it is basically suppression, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's almost communist in a weird way. Because <laughs> it's like you have to play with the... T- it also makes sense because communism has such a... Like it's supposed to be egalitarian, supposed to be equal, but there's always people at the top who are like benefiting. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what the issue is. Yeah. Is that I don't know if we can truly ever be equal because someone still has to be the deciding factor of how much everybody gets. Right. Right. And you can't split it necessarily equally if, uh, 
like someone still has to be in charge mm-hmm. right i mean the whole point of communism is like no one's in charge but then how would that work yeah you have to have something yeah even but ants have someone in charge yeah someone has to be like okay everyone gets like this much food today right otherwise it would be anarchy i guess that reminds me of that joke. This is totally, totally tangent, but that joke you have about making a whole chicken with your mom. Oh, when I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eating chicken. Yeah, yeah. God. That's just hilarious. When I say that um, we're all going to be cannibals. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, you like, you, have you done that recently? That Cook- joke? That was actually the joke that oh, I you forgot forget? in the middle of, uh, d- during that show um, like a couple of days ago. Have you done that recently, though? Cooked a whole chicken? Uh, we do it all the time. Yeah, that's how my yeah. mom makes like... Um, chicken soup she buys a whole chicken live um live yeah um they it's like in chinatown right. they like kill them live Man. and uh you know they defeather it and whatever they do so she brings home the whole chicken mm-hmm. and then uh puts it in a pot with like water and i think like maybe some ginger or uh, like green onions or like salt i can't remember yeah. it's not a lot of ingredients and then she just Turns it on, leaves it on for like five hours. Damn. Four or five hours, yeah. That's the feet and everything. With everything, yeah. Wow. And then sometimes I'll just eat that chicken with the feet and yeah. everything um, with like soy sauce. Or we'll make something else with the chicken later, you know. Sounds good. Yeah. It's old school. That's like eight ninety nine right there, right? I know. Well, it's actually, less? I think it's more than eight ninety nine. The chicken might be okay. like $10. Actually, no, I think it might be less than $10. Because we buy this other chicken, too, that's like a black chicken. Uh-huh. Have you seen those? No. They're called silky chickens. Okay. You got to look a fo- up a photo of it a later. A silky chicken. It's It has black skin. Right. But the feathers are white. And it's okay. just this fluffy-looking chicken. Yeah. Um, It's really good. And then sometimes we'll make that. Not so as a soup, but we'll just cook it. It tastes different? Yeah, it tastes different. How so? I honestly can't describe it. Damn. It's It definitely is a chicken taste, mm-hmm. but it's got like some other kind of flavor to it. Because chicken's pretty bland, yeah. right? It, it's got like an extra oomph to it. Would you say it has umami? I would say it has umami, <laughs> yeah. But Maybe umami's so vague. Yeah. You know, a lot of things have umami. It's such a buzzword now. Mm-hmm. It's got, oh, this has sort of a sort of an umami coming through here. <laughs> it definitely has sort of a, an umami inside this taste of this Coca-Cola brined chicken. I yeah. knew about umami before it was popular. I bet you did. Yeah. did you, growing up, you knew about it? No, I think I read about it when I was in, um, like, high school. Right. And I was like, oh, the, f- the fifth or the sixth sense or how many tastes? it's the fifth taste, right? Yeah. How many things do we have? You got bitter. You got sweet. Oh, yeah. Sour. You got sour and salt. Salt's a taste? I can't remember. Bitter? I know it's sweet, sweet. sour, bitter, sweet, whatever sour, the fourth one is. Bitter, salty, umami. umami. Yeah, I think yeah, you're right. Yeah, the fourth fifth one. taste. Like the fifth element. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I learned about, about umami, I was like, whoa, that's so cool. And then now it's like everybody knows. Yeah, I got pretty into umami when I learned about it. And now it's, you know, umami's been had. Yeah. But honestly, not a lot of foods have umami. Mm-hmm. It's pretty rare. Just pickles, mustard. This this weird chicken thing. The weird chicken. Everything I like to Soy eat. Soy sauce. Soy sauce. Yeah. Miso. Uh huh. Miso's got. I think they said like some kind of like a the, you know like mushrooms kind of bring out umami. Shiitake. Yeah, yeah. mushrooms big time umami. Do you eat a lot of mushrooms? Um, I hated them when I was younger, mm-hmm. but now I kind of like them. You were considered taking psychedelic mushrooms? 
you know, I did get to a point where I was depressed and I was like, what am I doing mm -hmm. with my life? And my friend, like, he's very into that kind of stuff. And yeah. he, like, gave me part of a mushroom cap or something. I don't know what they're called. And then I didn't take it. But I thought about it. Thought about it. It's definitely a big thing. A lot of people do th think about that for, at least nowadays, in terms of, like, depression and all those things mm -hmm. like that. Because it's so, it's almost like the non-drug drug. Right. I'm just, again, afraid that I'll go on a really bad trip and I won't be able to get out of it. Yeah. That's a fear. Makes sense to have it. Yeah. So it I would, I would do it if you could guarantee that I would totally be fine. I but guess I don't someone know if anybody can say that. You know? Well, they could they could say it. I mean, I don't know if they could mean it. Yeah. <laughs> Who would you trust to say that to you? It'd have to be like the psychedelic mushroom doctor. Who would that be? I'm trying to think. <laughs> like Terrence McKenna's brother. I don't know if he's. I don't even around. know who that is. He's this ethnobotanist from the '60s. Oh, okay. Like the the preeminent guy who used to deal with that stuff. Got it. Although yeah. I think Michael Pollan. Oh yeah. Recently, would wrote you trust a book? Michael Pollan? He wrote a book about yeah, like don't you um, how to change your mind. Yeah, yeah, that one. So I haven't read it yet. So maybe after I read that book, okay, maybe I could, maybe I'll do it because I do trust Michael Pollan. I trust Michael Pollan too. Yeah, he's someone I uh, I like so much. I was scared to talk to him when I saw him in a New York farmers market about seven years ago. Oh really? I was like, you didn't say anything though. I wanted to be, but I was just was like, I don't know. I was nervous. He taught a, a class at Berkeley. Really? Where he had to like guest lectures, um, and then I um, went to his like office hours one time because I had a question about the assignment. So I talked to him briefly. Really? Uh huh. What did he say? I don't remember. I again <laughs> horrible memory. Nice. But it was cool. I got to actually meet him. And That's stuff. cool. Yeah. But we were just talking about the the homework. Yeah. Michael P. Forget. Yeah. Grew his own opium for a while. Who was on opium? Oh, Michael. He grew it. He grew it? He had a 16-page essay about growing opium poppies as an experiment, and he stopped doing it. Oh, but he, did he take the opium? I think he did try it. Wow. I can't remember now. It's been so long. But I'm pretty sure he, you know, he's he was so curious. He's such an interesting char character. Oh, yeah. He's such a smart dude. He's a classic kind of like, you know, rugged, experimenting, experimental mm -hmm. person. So definitely an explorer type. So you got any, uh, yeah, so maybe I'll do the mushrooms. I don't know. We'll try see. them out. I we'll would see. recommend it. I got to do it with like a friend. Though. With a shaman guide of yeah, sorts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Someone's been to the burn at least twice. <laughs> you got any more shows coming up or anything? Oh, what do I have coming up? I always have like stuff online. Oh, I do right. a Zoom show on Monday. Oh, cool. Every you Monday. come do it at some I'm point. I'm down. Um, yeah, it's every Monday except for I think no i don't know when this pod's gonna come out no show on labor day okay um but when is labor day is that it's next today Monday. oh that was today for a oh. second <laughs> it could be labor day and i'll be like i have no idea it's labor day i never remember it's gonna be labor yeah. day until it shows up you're like oh i guess it's labor day and now it's almost fall um yeah but i don't the shows are all random right, right. now besides like that i'll do the monday zoom show it's like very low-key it's like me and my friend Andrew and then comedians and nice. it's just a regular stand up show. So if people want to come see that. Hell otherwise, yeah. otherwise find me on social media, which I've hopefully gotten rid of at some point. Yeah, um, maybe they can't find you. That'd be a good thing. That would be a good thing. If you can't find me, I've 
my life is going well. Your name is unique enough to where it's easy to find you. It's easy to find me, yeah. So it's Irene underscore two. It's spelled T U. Easy. Easy peasy. Irene two, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Podcast. Bye bye.